Welcome back to the second part of this episode on Chinese history and the rich history of Calgary's Chinatown. Our guest is Dale Lee Kwan, a third-generation Chinese Calgarian, as well as a poet, playwright, and essayist. You mentioned Canton Block a couple of times throughout our conversation. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of that building and its importance to Chinatown? Oh, it was like the anchor. It was the first start of the third Chinatown. And I mean, now it's this building that's um, being revived. Uh, I had a chance, in fact, to go to the basement of one business. Um, It came up in my Facebook memories the other day. Uh, I think it was seven years ago. I went into the basement and there were newspapers from like 1918 uh, glued to the wall as kind of makeshift insulation. Yeah. I mean, that is totally fascinating to me. I wish people could see that. Um, but it was the starting point and it gave the Chinese a safe place to anchor and it housed uh, associations. So the businesses were on the main floor. And as many businesses in Chinatown, even now when you walk around, you'll see on the main floor a business. If you look to the second floor, there are rooms on top. What are those rooms? Those were rooming houses in the in the old days, like during the Exclusion Act era. And there were these beds, they were called a warm bed. You could rent a warm bed for eight hours. And so there were three shifts of eight men who would sleep in the same bed. The, the bed would still be warm from the person before you. I don't know where they kept their belongings, um, but the Canton block was all like, residential, I guess you would call it, upstairs at that time. The Chinese National League, which uh, currently, their current building is on 3rd Avenue Southeast. Um, and it's it's actually a vintage shop. You can go in it. It's called Boo Vintage Shop. And they have a little um, paragraph written up about it. That actually served um, the community by providing a mailing address. So some Chinese would go out to rural Alberta and they'd work somewhere you know, on a, you know, a contract or like, you know, a a temporary job. And then they would get to another small town and work somewhere else. In order to stay in touch with their family, they would use the uh, Chinese National League address, who then would have been, you know, updated on where this person was, and then forward that person's mail to their last known address. I mean, these are little details that I only knew, uh, I only discovered myself in the last couple of years. I certainly don't expect Canadians to know this, but these are some of the hardships that were created by the legislation um, and these men, you know, with nothing to do but make money and they would work and work and work and they were six hour, uh, six days a week and they were not eight hour days. They were much longer. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to the tunnel tours in Moose Jaw, which has tours of the Chinese laundries, right. uh, they talk about people who didn't see sunshine except for once a year, the one day a year. And I, I don't know what day it was. It was either Christmas Day or New Year's Day. Like, can you imagine that? And so, yeah, they gambled, they drank, they took drugs. Uh, there were Chinese uh and there was a little bit of rape culture um, and their 
was created intergenerational trauma from that. And so, yeah, like in understanding Chinatowns and their purpose and how they segregated and how those um, patterns and uh, problems of the community perpetuated, that this is all part of that. So tracing it back to the origins, I think is important. Thinking about kind of what Chinatowns are today though, are they, they're, they've obviously changed a lot as more immigration has happened from China after the Exclusion Act was finally repealed. Um, so what kind of place does Chinatown hold uh, for Chinese Canadians in Calgary now? Uh, well, I will mention that the Chinese, Chinese Exclusion Act was repealed in 1947. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that on January 1st, the next year, suddenly everything was open. I mean, right. it took years for things to reverse and also for people to save enough money to bring their families over. Of course. And um, yeah, so now as far as Chinatowns today, you know, part of the struggle of Chinatown is parking. Mm-hmm. Um, people have stores in the suburbs, you know, in Calgary, there's TNT in several locations. You don't have to pay for parking. You can go and buy your Chinese groceries anywhere. Uh, you can get it at Superstore. And so coming to Chinatown, some people view as a hassle. Uh, what is the benefit of coming to Chinatown? For me, it's the um, impact of being surrounded by all Chinese people. There's Chinese businesses, Chinese residents, Chinese culture, all in one place. And um, the history, of course, is there. And the seniors are there right now. And so at the Chinese Cultural Center, for example, there is a museum in the basement. And it displays the history of China, which is important. But to me, the most important thing is a small little room they have, which is about the size of the railroad cafe that you guys have in that uh, that front section of Heritage Park. Um, it's quite small, but it's dedicated to uh, the history of Calgary's three Chinatowns and the history of Chinese Canadians in general. They have artifacts there and archival photos where you can actually see some of the, the buildings still exist. And I believe, Kasai, you said that someone, Sarah, at Heritage Park is working on overlays on some of those photos. Yeah, hoping to, yeah. Yeah, past and present together. Like, I can recognize it sometimes when I look at the photos, but there was um, a style, like that idea of the business on the main floor and then living on top. So there's a building, if you're familiar with the old Jay Palace uh, restaurant, which was the first upscale Chinese restaurant, in Calgary. That building, the Jade Palace, and next to it was Jade Palace International, which was a store. And just behind there, you'll see on the second story, uh, the Wong Affinity Association, and there's rooftops there. So if you stand on Center Street across from those buildings and look directly across, you can see uh, there's a new facade in the front, but evidence of the second story, The there's a name for it, and it was a triangular shape on the top of the building, and it was from Roman architecture, oh, nice. and it gave it a presence of sort of nobility, and it made it just look more dignified. It was a way of taking two, sort of a duplex, and putting uh, this triangular dome that uh, gave it more regality. 
And so, yeah, in Chinatown, there's uh, multiple organizations of like, so the associations in Chinatown, uh, there's different types. So one is based on the region you're from. So for example, my family is from the Guangzhou region, which was Canton in the, and the reason why, oh, there's so many things to explain, but in Romanization of the Chinese language, first there was something called Wade Giles. So Canton uh, was, called Canton, but then when they switched to Pinyin, which is the romanization of Mandarin, uh, Canton became Guangzhou. And so that's where it gets a little complicated. And, and so the old stuff is still in the old uh, Wade Giles names, and but then people refer to them sometimes in the new names and it gets very confusing. But you might have an organization based on the village area, um, mm -hmm or a family name. So I'm not actually a Kwong, which is a whole nother story, but my real surname is Ng. And so like the Ng Association, if I were a Chinese bachelor and I came to Calgary, I would go to the Ng Association or my county association, and they would have helped me with accommodation, uh, food, employment, uh, acclimatizing to, to Calgary and getting on my feet. Uh, and then, Later, they're also formed um, interest groups. So like, you know, music associations or martial arts or things like that. And then there was a fourth one. There were these secret societies. I don't actually know what they were about. It has to do with the political movements going on in China mm -hmm. at the time. Um, people probably don't know Sun Yat-sen, who's considered the founder of modern China, came to Calgary in 19... 12 i believe it was and he had a fundraising dinner held in the canton block so Dale, what is the one thing that you'd love to see heritage park uh do going forward to involve more um, chinese canadian history on park recognizing the chinese exclusion act in 2023 is a huge thing it's the 100 year anniversary of the exclusion act of when it first started uh, 1923. And so a hundred years of discrimination, basically. And, um, and I have also been in talks with another manager at Heritage Park about ways we could present that history in theatrical form, because I am a playwright. And so we're looking at possibly street scenes or something at the Canmar Opera House, or interpreter guides who might be at the club cafe, uh, to answer questions or at the laundromat to really engage Calgarians about Chinese Canadian history. Mm -hmm. There's nothing but opportunity for us to keep working on things. Yeah, there's a ton of different things there. Um, Dale, you, obviously you talk about this stuff a lot, uh, work with people on this kind of thing. What's what's one of the things or some of the things that you wish that that people knew about Chinatowns and especially Calgary's Chinatown? Well, I will say you don't know what you don't know. Even I don't know what I don't know. We're all on a journey. You know, I'm learning things about Black culture, Black history, Black Lives Matter, uh, Indigenous culture, every child matters. And so you don't know Chinese Canadian history. Um, and you probably don't know that in 1892, the smallpox riot was the result of angry, drunk, uh, white people, 300, 
who descended on Chinatown uh, at that time, Chinatown number one, uh, set fires, vandalized, looted, harmed two people. I don't know what happened to those two people. That's all the research said. Two people were injured. Like, I don't know how dangerously they were injured. The authorities were called and did not show up. Uh, the RCMP finally showed up and escorted every Chinese citizen to the barracks where they had to live for three weeks while things settled down because the Chinese were blamed for bringing smallpox to Calgary. Just like, you know, uh, bird flu and COVID and those things like anti-Asian hate is ongoing. Every generation of Chinese has encountered discussions with City Hall. Um, I'm fortunate because currently City Hall is trying to rectify some of the mistakes of the past. But when I mentioned the Canton block in 1912 being established, I forgot to mention what probably expedited that whole looking for somewhere to go was a huge fire, 1912 in the second Chinatown. Now throughout North America in 1910 to 1912, are records of arsons in Chinatowns. Now, the one in Calgary was never labeled an arson, but who's to say that it was not and that that was covered up or not known or discovered? Um, and then, you know, the thing that happened with City Hall trying to put the eight lane east west penetrator through. So now uh, for the past two years, I've been on the advisory council for the Ch Tomorrow's Chinatown uh, group, which in December is taking forth a new area redevelopment plan to council. In conjunction with that, the city of Calgary, hats off to them, created something called a cultural plan. It's the first time this has been done and it's to work hand in hand with the area redevelopment plan and it's to give the Chinese community opportunities to share these stories. And so I have several projects actually that I'm going to be applying for funding to bring to life these stories of from Chinese history, Chinese Canadian history. Um, you know, when you're in Chinatown and looking for a parking space and some little old lady is walking across the street, just shuffling. I mean, I drive through Chinatown several times a week. So I know part of me is like, oh, come on, hurry up, little old lady. But then another part of me is like, oh my God, if I knew that lady's story, I, you know, I feel ashamed of myself. Like she's older than she looks. So if she looks 80, she's probably 95. You know what <laughs> I mean? And there are many residents, over a hundred. And so I would invite your listeners, since they're already listening to a podcast, the next time you want to listen to another podcast, go to Jupiter Theatre, which is a Calgary theatre company. Through them, at the beginning of the pandemic, I created a fictionalized story of the history of Calgary's Chinatown. It's called Master Ugam's Blessing. And in that, the Center Street Bridge actually is a metaphor for the Chinese Exclusion Act. And so in the story, uh, no one was allowed to cross the bridge for 23 years. And someone um, heard or read the story and they said to me, is that true about the Center Street Bridge? And I'm like, no, it's a metaphor, you know. But um, 
Mike Tan and myself uh, performed in this thing. I'm not really a performer. So they actually got a two for one. I wrote it and I performed for free. And it was directed by Chantan Hell, who Chantan Han, Chantel, sorry, Chantel Han, who's Korean, uh, Filipino. She directed it. And so three Asian artists and Jupiter Theater put this podcast together. And um, I think it's a great learning tool and it can be used either as an, just a story you can listen to, but it's actually a walking tour, which has to be partially uh, because of the construction in Chinatown, you can't follow the exact route, but you'll get the gist of where to walk. So Dale, to, to finish off here, um, what if, uh, if people want to go out and learn more about Calgary's Chinatown, what are some of the ways that they can go do so? There's a display called Our Chosen Land in the basement of the Chinese Cultural Center. You can tour it on your own or you can arrange group tours for $5 per person in the group. And it's uh, open whenever the cultural center is open. So I, I don't know the exact hours. Um, there is the podcast, uh, Walking Tour Podcast, Master Ugam's Blessing uh, at the Jupiter Theater website and wherever you get your podcasts. And um, every summer there's an event called um, Historical Week uh, run by Chinook Historical Something Society. Yes. C-H-H-S. Chinook County Historical Society. Thank you. <laughs> and they have, uh, it's a volunteer thing and there's usually at least one or two tours of Chinatown. This past summer, they actually had a tour of the Chinese cemetery. And it was oh, led and researched by a white person who I felt really bad for her because there were mostly a Chinese audience there. And so when she did the little section on Chinese history, I was there like adding and correcting some of her facts, but mm -hmm. they said no one had come forward to present that. And so they took it upon themselves to do that. Since then, I've actually found someone who's interested in doing that. So I'm hoping to connect those two people. Um, and also, Every May is what call is what called um, Jane's Walk, run by Calgary Foundation. And before the pandemic, every Friday, so Jane's Walk is the first weekend of May. So on the Friday of that, whatever week it is, I would always do a walking tour and conclude it with a Chinese banquet, a ten course banquet. Wow! I did not do that last year. I actually did a tour for. Uh, Oh my goodness, it just slipped my mind. It's a national historic uh, organization. Kirsten Eviden from formerly from Lockheed House. Right. The yeah. head of that, uh, the development officer there. Anyways, I did a walking tour in July for that group. So if you keep your eyes open, there are lots of opportunities. I actually, I have a Chinatown walking tour booklet, which is available at Shelf Life Books, Boo Vintage Shop, and the Chinese Cultural Center, it's $10. Uh, it was first written for Loft 112, which is a creative space in East Village. And it's a kind of a weird walking tour in that it's my personal memories. And I also flag photo ops. So every section will have, hey, here's a good spot to take the photo. And so there's like this uh, brick archway that enters uh, Sinlock Park on the south side. If you stand on one side of it, it actually frames the Canton block so wonderfully. And then if you stand in front of it, you get the nice archway with the Chinese words, 
Calgary Chinatown Park and the seniors building is behind it. So that is another opportunity you could do. There's a lot of opportunities to learn more about Chinese culture in Calgary. That's awesome. We hope that uh, people will take us up on that, uh, that opportunity to come and see us. Dale has been fantastic. Uh, learned a lot today and uh, uh, we hope to uh, talk to you again soon. Thank you for the opportunity and thank you for what Heritage Park is doing to increase the diversity and inclusion at the park. Thanks, Dale.